0: Rocking chair Jer- 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 session, session with Elisa Lisa I mean, Di Battista Maria, Maria Teresa, Teresa Barber.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to RCS rocking chair sessions volume 65 with artist Kiki Valdez. Welcome Kiki.
2: Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I like that introduction. The the
1: the accordion. Yeah, the
2: accordion. I feel like I'm in a dim room.
1: It's very smoke. candlelit, I know. You know. we'll shortly
2: start talking about like a bottle of some Delilah. hard liquor and
1: very yeah
0: and, and i mean we usually don't do that much drinking during the session but today i i, I dug out like one of the leftover ones from our opening which uh barbara bolini bought for us mm, and Costco. i'm sipping on it now and, and we're sticking. sipping on it so it's kind of like not that far off like from your room. <laughs> it
1: feels like a lounge we could turn off the lights but don't <laughs> each yeah we should yeah. do some lighting nice and huge, huge nice shadows and dim, yeah things to be considered for the future. Maybe a saloon because you
0: have your hat on.
1: Kiki's <laughs> wearing one of his very famous hats today. Yeah, the, I but that. it's a felt hat, right?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, the style is called open road. Ooh. It's an open road hat. It was very popular in the 1950s. And uh, I like to wear it because it was my grandfather's.
1: So it's oh, like, wow. it has a history.
2: Yeah, the embodiment, I like to.
1: You're wearing his spirit.
2: Yeah, I do that a lot. People ask me like, "Oh, that you wear like a really nice jacket." The jacket's like usually my dad's or like somebody that's passed in my family, and I wear it.
1: So So I'm like embodying
2: parts of them.
1: They live on through you. Yeah, sort
2: of. Yeah, it's kind of the idea.
1: It's pretty. Where is the
0: hat from? Do you know, or where where was it?
2: Uh, I mean, it was my grandfather's. I mean, he wore it around, and uh, I don't know how he got it. I just know he had it.
1: With or without a guayabera.
2: Uh, sometimes you would wear a guayabera, yeah. Yeah. What's uh,
1: that? Yeah. It's like the typical Cuban um, men dress. It's like, kind of sort of like a shirt
2: that's like it has embroidered. has like the, the, the double pockets. Oh, inside. Okay.
1: But is
0: the hat, to to the untrained Austrian eye, it looks like an American hat. Is it a Cuban hat?
2: Uh, no. It's an it's, a, it's from like the Southwest United States, but my grandfather was what we call Guajito. He was a, you know, he was pretty much like a Cuban cowboy from rural Cuba. Uh he was a butcher, you know, he used to uh you know he had a butcher shop in Cuba, uh and he had horses and stuff like that in a farm. And I'm straight up from the city, but I like to kind of reminisce of how it could have been back then and mm-hmm. and I thought it was kind of a funny it's actually like people ask me like, oh I love the hat and stuff. I come from like a very punk punk rock background. Like I grew up a punk rock. I was very much in the scene in punk rock and hardcore and all that. The hat to me is more of like a fuck you type of thing. Mm -hmm. Because to me, like the cowboy, like to me represents freedom. Mm -hmm. To just you know, just
1: balls out, go for it.
2: You know, and that's kind of for me what it kind of represents. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like wearing it. Mm -hmm.
1: That's pretty nice.
0: The cowboy, for me, it. I grew up with Winnetou um, novels. That's it's, it's, a, it's a, a children book that a German author Karl May wrote mm-hmm. about a Native American from the Apache, and mm-hmm. um, and his best friend was called Old Cheddarhand and he mm-hmm. was the cowboy. So this, Interesting. And, but it was like he was friends with Winnetou, uh, right? So yeah. it was like. But, so that's why I always, I always loved cowboys. I was in carnival, I was a cowboy too. Oh, wow. Like it was like, it was like a thing, you know, even in Austria, like the cowboy is such a strong image. It's like. Yeah.
2: yeah, and like the funny thing is, I mean, to me it's like, it really goes back to heritage. The American cowboy stems from Los Vaqueros where, where Spaniards that brought the horses from Spain and Cuba to the U.S., like with Ponce de Leon and all that. So I kind of like that, it's like connected to my history, and mm-hmm. like, so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned your connections to Cuba, and um, before we started, you mentioned you were first generation. What part of Cuba were um, your parents from?
2: Um, my mom comes from a, like, a farm area called La Villa, And the town next to it is called Placetas, Cuba. Mm -hmm. And it's very much a town. And uh, yeah, that's where they're from. That region was very, I guess, resistant to like the revolution. And to this day, they've had a lot of issues. So the government sometimes doesn't pay for the street lights and stuff like that Mm -hmm. there. So it tends to be very, very dark. It is very dark. I got lost there once, like at night. (laughs) When's <laughs> on a the last bike. What time you went? <laughs> 2001. Oh. I don't cool. really go. I actually went 1 week before 9/11. wow. So it was interesting cuz I was in Cuba and like here's like this American kid in Cuba. Everyone calling me an American, which I am, but it was just kind of like the first time like in high school kids would call me hey the Cuban kid and then in Cuba I'm like the American. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting and then you know, a week later 9-11 happens and I was in Baltimore, you know, very close to the Pentagon. And that was very like an American moment where everything shifted. And uh, so it was just interesting to have two dramatic things happen in my life back to back, which was going to Cuba for the first time, being exposed to it in a way that, you know, I stayed in the farmland, you know, it was smoking cigars out there in the middle of nowhere. And then being like in a very high density city, where everyone was like going crazy because of nine eleven.
1: What were you doing in Baltimore?
2: Uh, I was in college. I went oh, to Micah. Cool. So it was my it was my second year at Micah when this happened, and actually the. On October 11th, I went to New York, so I saw, like, the steam coming up from, like, the ruins and stuff, and I actually tried to get as close to downtown as possible, and you could just smell, like, death everywhere. It was oh, pretty I crazy. But,
1: yeah. That's horrible. Wow. And, Micah, when you went there, um, for, I'm guessing it was undergrad, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, I went for Patey.
1: For, for four years. Um, how was that experience for you?
2: Um, after the two years, I was kind of
1: we're oh, inside. you hear the little jingle from I heard the
2: phone? Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. See. yeah I'm <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I went for painting, and it wasn't. An, I mean, Baltimore is kind of a rough, boring town. I mean, there's a lot of very interesting things about it, but it's kind of rough. Uh, the painting program was great, but I felt like after two years, I would have been done. Like, I would. I was happy with like. Years.
1: Is that because you knew what your main concentration was? Yeah, I knew what I was doing. And dabbling into other spaces because we've had a few people, I think maybe two or three from Micah at this point, and they they enjoyed taking different programs within the general studies, um, I guess, what they offered. And it wasn't just like they had the one focus and that's what they knew, but they dabbled. So you didn't. I mean, for me,
2: I'm like like a real life guy. Like, I like to be very hands on. And to me, like the college experience is not real. It's not the real world. So even though I was like learning all the basics again after high school, I felt like after two years, I felt like I needed what I needed, and I could have gone on. But I stayed the four years, which I'm glad I did, because actually, a lot of the I made I made a lot of friends while I was in school that I've maintained and are in the art world. So I guess it did have its like perks. I got closer to friends. That I had prior to Micah, and we got closer through Micah, so that was cool.
0: How did you choose uh, Micah over like other schools, school, like yeah. going, uh, going there instead of staying in Miami that, or going? When I was you know.
2: when I was like a junior in high school, everybody that I knew was like, you need to go to Micah because it's very the folk the focal <coughs> point is painting, mm-hmm. the, you know, the painting program is excellent. So I was like, okay, enough people were telling me that. Actually, the only school I applied for, and it was the only school I got into, and it was the only school I got money for, and yeah, but I didn't graduate. I, yeah, I'm like a few credits short from graduating.
0: Are you serious? You stayed all four years, but you said, like, no, I'm
2: yeah, it's a long story.
1: Well, that's a a teacher
2: not liking me.
1: We have 15 minutes. I had several teachers that didn't like me, but whatever.
2: We have 15 minutes.
1: I'm just kidding. Well.
0: So, w- what if you want to finish your degree? How many classes would you have to take? Like two. One, classes? I think. One class.
2: Yeah, uh, a Renaissance class that I failed.
0: It was one
1: class.
2: Yeah. And to finish it, I think I had to go back, and I'm, I'm not going back. I'm
1: Not done. even for a summer.
2: No, I'm not. You're I'm done with that school. I'm done care. with school. I'm not. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm a. You know, we're all educ. You know, we all learn from life, and we continuously learning. But uh, that kind of classroom atmosphere.
0: You're done, you're, you're yeah. over it. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah.
1: Do you feel that type of... Um, well,
2: you never know.
0: You know I don't yeah. like
2: speaking in absolutes.
1: Well, that, I, mean, I was about to At say, Reneson's like... Renaissance class, did
0: you have to take that class? I love the Renaissance.
2: Yeah, the, 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 yeah, I mean, that school was really uh, intense with art history. Like, ah, there's a lot of art it, history. I would have
0: never made it through that school. I've I barely made my yeah. art okay.
2: The hardest part was a lot of the artists from the Renaissance, they had really long names. I can't remember all that. But their names weren't their like birth names. It was like kind of like graffiti crews, how you have all these different, like.
1: It's the city where know. they're from. So
2: yeah, of, so like, they, the more long the name, the more extravagant, the like, better artist you are. It's very like an extravagant, like Was stand it like the
1: slide situation where you're like, OK, the, these are the 50 slides, remember the year, the meeting the artist, the location, and the meet, like. Was that kind of like you were like, oh no?
2: I don't know. I just used to fall asleep a lot because <laughs> they dim the lights. They dim the lights and stuff. And like <laughs> when you dim some lights. lights, here we are. And keep, <laughs> we're going into the conversation. <laughs> I like, of dimming lights. Shout out to
0: my school, my art history teacher allowed us a, a size, a specific size of a sheet that we could write notes and bring it to oh, the no, test. No. That's nice. No, so we it's were like a, an official cheat sheet. We had to hand it in. Okay. We wanted to see that it was our handwriting and not just, it had to be handwritten. Yeah. But we were allowed to cheat sheet with all the dates and the names No, I would and memorize whatnot. it. I
1: would make index cards. You I'm memorize such it? such a nerd, girl. That's not even Renaissance? Totally. Parmigianino, and all those things. Really
2: it was uh, it was quite the experience. Wow, but oh, um, well, like yeah, and then uh, Parogue. That was that, and then I moved back to Miami, and I was making art in Miami, and I had like a really hard time getting, like I really didn't know how the galleries work in Miami, so I used to just like you know, talk to people, trying to make connections, and it was just like it was talking to a wall. I didn't feel like, you know, any, at least for me, I didn't feel like a sense of, like, community or anything in the beginning. You know, I'm talking about, like, my first, second year out from school.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So then I, I noticed that, you know, I kind of knew some, like, nightclub promoters, and I saw, you know, Miami's like this place with nightclubs, and then I started, like, approaching people and saying, hey, I'll pay your nightclub, for, you know, just pay for my fee or whatever. And then I got hired and I did it for two years every Monday. Straight, just got a paycheck. So that was crazy. So that was kind of like my way back into Miami, connecting with a lot of different people. You never know who ends up at nightclubs. A lot of people, you know, from the art world would Mm -hmm. end up at these nightclubs. And I met all sorts of people. And, uh, And it made me learn a lot about people's character you know, people, a lot of people keep their word and a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot of that because you're, you're constantly meeting people constantly. Mm-hmm. And they're coming, oh, I love your painting, I love your painting. People telling me they hate my painting. It was like constant criticism, constantly. And you were free. painting their life? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see it a lot now, all over the place. When I was doing it, yeah, you would see it here and there, but not to the scale, like, I was getting hired like crazy, and this was before like the street art stuff really took off. Mm.
1: Um, Can you give us a year? Huh? 2005? Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. oh, oh, I think I started in 2004 or 05, something yeah. like that. And uh, I did it, and then I got kind of like tired of it. Mm. Uh, I wanted to be more in the studio working on my work and stuff like that. People were referring to me as a live painter. I'm like, I'm not a live painter, I'm a painter first. So I, I kind of slowly stopped doing that, and then ever since then I just kind of just got lost in to my thoughts mm-hmm. and, and, I guess, studio painter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's curious, you mentioned personalities and seeing these individuals and kind of sort of like the unexpected body that comes into a nightclub because I feel like um, nightclubs aren't necessarily the theme of your paintings, but there there's always individuals. Mm-hmm. But there's also always individuals somehow morphing and overlapping, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, could you talk a little bit about how you developed that style and...
2: Um, I just, you know, I love abstraction, and, and then I, I love the figure as well. So I always tell people that my work is always a constant battle between the figuration of ab- and the abstraction of things. So I always feel like my work is somewhere in the middle. It Very cl- quickly can become figurative. Very quickly, I just like a switch could be abstraction. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's that kind of, I'm always in that kind of that gray area. Um, and I like it, because I like figures, I like people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like it. And I, I like the idea that the painting can kind of become a, a narrative, and sometimes like people look at it, and they, they don't know what it's about, and they want to know what it's about, and sometimes it's not really about anything. But I, I kind of like that, that opening for dialogue and, and, and people kind of um, you know fitting the pieces of what it could possibly be. So I like that a lot and um, about like two years ago, I started, I don't want to call it a series, but I just started making a lot of drawings of like very romantic scenes. Cause like in today's age of like dating and love everything's very like, it's so impersonal. And I thought, you know, yeah, so, so romantic stuff seems so corny, but it almost in the way of like all those apps have become corny because it's so like redundant. Yeah. Where like, I just wanted to make stuff that was just like stuff was going on but it had like a romantic tone to it and uh, that stemmed like a whole series of just work like that and then it kind of just started going in other places and that I just try to tap into the, like the most honest place in myself which is tends to be difficult as artists I think that's like really hard just to be honest you know like someone's making a an abstract painting and, you know, they might leave the studio and like look at their comic books and say, I'd rather just do t- comic book art or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes it's just hard to be honest. So my whole thing is like, now I'm looking at comic book art of the 1950s. Like I like comic books, the illustration of comic books. And I feel like making abstract paintings, it's kind of become like uh, painting by numbers. Mm-hmm. For me, although I see so many painters that are so good at do abstraction, but it's, or, or you know, any type of painting, and I feel like it's gotten for me to continue doing that. I felt like I have to go in a different direction.
1: Reinvent yourself, yeah.
2: Reinvent what I'm doing, and and just be honest with myself. And I like I like comic strips. I like comics. I like things like that. And what's a way that I can make something that's hopefully new for me? and hopefully a new language through just look, honestly doing the things I want to do. And you know that's the thing with painting, there's like the stigma, you're in your studio, you have to make oil paintings, you have to like keep it very vague, and I'm just more interested in, in trying my hardest to just do what I like. You know, if I'm doodling, I'm, a, I'm that's going to start becoming my art. Like because w- it's the truest form of of what you're doing. Whatever whatever you're doing on your own time by yourself like when you're on the phone, that is your truer self and I'm trying to get more in touch with that. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, so the more Is that the the collection you mentioned, the body of work that you built, is that what you showed at Tom's place recently?
2: Yeah, and now it's kind of going into a new thing. The title that show was, I'm sorry. The Drawing Chronicles. The drawing Chronicles. Yeah, so the new stuff I'm doing is I've always loved like every time when I would come back to Miami from like vi- you know living somewhere else or visiting somewhere else. The first thing I noticed in Miami is like obviously how flat it is and some of the architecture. A lot of the, the lot of a lot, lot of the buildings get torn down, but there's a lot of like 1950s <laughs> and uh, some places have kind of like the googie architecture. There's a lot of that in, in California, and I love googie and I've always liked it. So now I'm starting to incorporate it in my art because it's stuff that I, I like. So it's like, you you like things and then, well, I can't, I don't know if I could put that in my art. I'm just trying to be like more honest with myself and just put things that are very visually stimulating to me into the work. So I've been adding like googie signs in my work in the background and things like that. And, and uh, yeah, so, and that ties into, I would like to do a little bit more filmmaking mm-hmm. and uh, kind of the backdrop of one of the, the f- short films that I would like to make is kind of like the really seedy motels on Tamiami Trail. Totally. It's such a signature part of like Miami. Yeah. All these motels. Yeah. And...
1: No, it's definitely a staple. We had um, Lisette Schaeffler um, visit us and she's definitely done a series of the motels like the Jamaica Hotel mm-hmm. and all, you know, those are ones that you grew up when you would drive by and yeah. you would see like these But But they're renovating
0: lights. all of those right I'm, now because yeah. Biscayne yeah. Boulevard, yeah. right, uh-huh. and then it was really like not the best place to be right it was Mm. kind of like you know scary but now all the motels are being renovated all
2: the colors are coming back all the signs are coming back it's really beautiful i love it i mean i like them i like them when they're brand new and renovated i like them when they're all kind of run down so Mm. there's just something that i i i just find something that is just it it's to the it's to the root of miami in so many ways and you know they might not be around for in a hundred years or whatever so Mm. um I'm definitely starting to play with it because I, I really do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the figure and I enjoy like old science.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Question: Color versus no color. How do you feel about that? Because I've seen the the transition in your work going from more of like a neutral palette to
2: yeah, it always of. it always shifts around. Um, sometimes if if I'm doing stuff in black and white, it's because I'm trying to figure something out first. So it's kind of. Um, Yeah, you're watching just a student trying to figure out how to create a composition or create some type of scenery within the work. And then once I get that figured out, I feel I move on to the next thing, which is color. So a lot of my work works in that way. I start in black and white and then I move on to color. It's not intentional. It just kind of happens that way. Okay.
1: You have a question?
0: Yeah, uh, coming back to the short film that we were talking about, have you been, uh, like, has filmmaking always been part of your artistic practice Uh, as well?
2: See, again, it goes back to being honest with yourself. And I've always loved film, I've always loved video. When I was very young, I worked a lot on video. I would make all types of videos and stuff. At home? Yeah. Home videos? A lot. It was like. Like the VCR? Yeah. Awesome. A ton. I mean I think I think a lot of kids did, you know? A lot how of creative you. kids. Yeah, all everybody. But um, I
0: never figured out how to edit those. N- yeah. Read real. How did
2: how did you edit those? Did you edit those? Back then? Yeah. I would back then I would just film a few seconds of what I wanted and then just go to the next
0: You were just in camera, like the editing. Yeah, but I edit yeah. through the camera. So I yeah. get,
2: became pretty good at it. Oh wow. Sometimes I would even like change clothes, like back I would be different characters uh-huh. and I would just like record and then stop and then change and then record, stop, yeah, and then yeah. change. Which, how old were you? I
1: don't know, twelve.
2: Awesome. Thirteen.
1: Fine.
2: So um, uh, what was the question?
0: No, because I remember <laughs> I hadn't um, Oh
2: how I got interested in it. Yeah, yeah I love the, I love no, I love film. film. Yeah. I mean I love film so much. Um, in a way they're moving paintings. So uh, I go to the movies all the freaking time. Um, I might even go to a movie tonight, maybe, but uh, yeah, I go to the film, I watch movies all the time, and um, I just, I have like a newfound love for it, mm-hmm. and it's actually, make it makes me think about my own work, my own paintings differently, mm-hmm. because now I want it to be a little bit more related to this idea I have in my head of possibly like a short film or something, mm-hmm. so I'm much more aware of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Have you, at Micah, done anything in filmmaking? Like, was that... Oh,
2: yeah, I took a video course, I think. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you you continued to make videos and yeah, you mean, Yeah, to... I messed around with it a little in college. Uh-huh. And uh, I think we used to do, like, these, like, films... Uh, little, like, independent film screenings at the school. It was called mm-hmm. Channel Organics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I submitted a few and stuff. My, my video class, I didn't learn how to edit there. I tried to, but I didn't really understand it.
0: Was it Final Cut Pro? Yeah, uh, I just
2: didn't, I had a hard time in that class as far as editing. I did well in the class, but as far as editing, I wasn't, I couldn't figure it out. I don't know why. But, um. It's, uh, it's, it's
0: not a straightforward program. Like, Final Cut Pro was like, Yeah. it's, it's a
2: hardcore program. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, that was a good class. I think, I don't know if she was, I think Abby Jacobson was in that class with me. Uh Uh-huh. She does the Broad City on Comedy Central.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know
2: her? No. You never know, seen the show? No. I don't watch
1: much TV. I should.
2: <laughs> it's like judge. a TV show on Comedy Central. It started like as a YouTube. Don't judge. Like short TV show, and then it got picked up by Comedy Central. It's like That's I think great. the number one show on Comedy oh, Central. Wow. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, she's like an art kid, and uh-huh. now she makes these. It's like funny comedy show. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. But uh, I actually taught myself how to edit. Two years ago, three years ago?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and then uh, as far as, I don't consider myself a photographer in any shape or form, but uh, my brother actually gave me good advice. He's like, if you're gonna shoot anything, for, if you're gonna film anything, make sure it looks like a good photograph. Mm-hmm. So I kinda took that to heart, and everything I shoot, I try to make it look like a photograph. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so true. Mm-hmm. The videos I've seen you post definitely look like they have photographic quality to them, which is something that I really, it just—it's so like aesthetically very pleasing. Like mm-hmm. just for it to look that real. Well, yeah, it has to uh, look good like cinematographers. A... Too. Yeah, I feel like yeah. good c- good cinematography
0: looks like that. You know, yeah. it's like the the framing and the, and the quality of the images yeah. and the
2: composition. I, it's all. I wouldn't even that. say I'm a cinematographer or anything like that. Cinematographer. I think You're the wine's so a getting...
1: cinematographer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't even think I don't consider myself that. I'm just very hands-on. I, yeah. I'm like. feeling. you
1: think I about composition. You think, yeah, you think I mean, about you know artists.
2: I like. I love the feeling of something. I love. Editing to me is like painting. It's like once the story starts coming together, I get that like, you know.
1: That the, the electric.
0: What is I it? I
2: start like drooling. Like yeah, it's like coming together.
0: You you know who used <laughs> to study painting actually in San Francisco my school Catherine Bigelow. Oh yeah. Who won the Oscar for The Hurt Locker, right? Oh wow. She used to study painting in undergrad, and then went to. New I mean York that's, that's
2: that's a, a common that's a common her. thing. I mean that. Uh, uh, David Lynch is a painter. Julian oh, really? Schnabel, like, mm-hmm. they do films. Mm-hmm. There's definitely uh, Russell, right? a back and forth with that. Uh, probably not as much as there should be.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, uh, but yeah.
0: Do you have, like, a, a vision for the short film? Like, are you going to work with actors? Or... Yeah, yeah, actors. Oh, really? be, yeah.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Actors. Um, I kind of have the idea in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shadows. I want to make it. Very... Dim lighting. Yeah, noir. Like,
1: <laughs> Love it. Black and white? Love
2: it. <laughs> uh, I don't know black and white, but um, I'm right. still kind of working out all the... The, the details. I, I know the overall story, but That's I'm cool. working out the details. Don't tell us about it.
0: Are you, are you like a script writer? Or do you write everything down? Do you write dialogue down, or is it more like in your head
2: and you're like... Um, I used to be much better at it. Mm-hmm. I actually took a screenwriting course in college too. Um, I
1: love how you're like, I went in for painting. painting. <laughs> no, I did, oh, I did. No, painting I, I, to the death, and no, then you're like, actually. No, because
2: I'm starting to remember. Thank
1: mm-hmm. goodness the wine. Like I took a, a
2: Civil War class, and I mean, you take so many different classes. So great. No, but I, I used to, I used to write a lot,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, my writing has definitely slowed down. But uh, I think once I have more of the idea clear,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'll kind of write an overall. Overview Mm -hmm. and then I'll get into the the dialogue Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: when you were younger you mentioned like recording and the video and how that was a part of your life What did you pick up? I'm guessing probably painting. What did you pick up first? Was it like painting? Was it the video or camera like what what medium were you attracted to first as a child?
2: I would say um, Thinking really far back It was drawing first and then video or filmmaking right after because I remember my aunt's husband had, he was a photographer and he had all those high-tech cameras in the 80s. So I remember going to birthday parties and he had like a Video camera like the heavy duty one where it has yeah, a strap on it has the it's like yeah, it's like this strap on bag and it has the video <laughs> it cassette. Like, it looks like you're a Ghostbuster the, or
1: something, yeah. with
0: all this but it was out. at the, the beginning, gear. it was the big cassettes, right? Uh, did,
2: you, did
0: he have like the big cassettes? I
2: think they were VHS, but you know, VHS, right? I think they were, yeah, before
0: they made the smaller ones.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, this was VHS. Yeah. I'm talking about, I'm talking like 1983, 1984. Yeah, yeah. so. Right. so I remember he would always film everything, and I would always beg him to let me look through the viewfinder, and he would never let me look. Sometimes he would let me look for th- three seconds, yeah. and it always like, I'm gonna look through that thing someday, like <laughs> somehow. Yeah. And then, um, and then I think when I was probably 12 or th- 12 or 13, I think my mom and my grandfather bought me a video camera, nice. and I just started shooting stuff like crazy.
0: That's yeah. awesome. That's young for to yeah. get your own video camera. Yeah, yeah. that's really yeah. awesome. Did you go to any of the art schools here for high school, or did did you get a lot of like art education already in high school? Uh, or was it more like what's a went new,
2: to new world for high school? A new world. Yeah, I, was, I went to New World, and I think in sixth grade I wasn't doing too good in school, and there was like a parent. Teacher principal conference, mm-hmm. and someone requested that I apply for like a magnet school. Mm-hmm. So from, I went I started going to magnet school sixth grade, mm-hmm. and when I was in sixth grade, all the kids were like, you got to go to New World. That's where you have to go, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of followed the. I from sixth grade onward, I was in like art school. Mm-hmm. So wow. I, from a very very early age, mm-hmm. I was always in art school.
0: And it was clear to you that you want to follow that path and become an artist from the beginning, or like from uh, the get-go, or was there
2: like? Yeah, I always knew. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I always knew I wanted to do art. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why or how or mm-hmm. uh, I just knew it's something I always wanted to do, mm-hmm. and it stuck. And luckily, my mom was very very supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always believed in me and. I think that's, common, that's a common thing amongst artists, like having like very supportive uh, family that really believe in what you, that doesn't always happen, but it seems like I hear that a lot from a lot of friends. Yeah, art moms are the best. Yeah, mar, yeah, I definitely had an art mom. Like when I was, I tell this story often, but when I was like 15, we went to New York together. We went to all the museums. We went, saw everything. And uh, we went to the MoMA. She bought me like a sketchbook, so I was there drawing all the birds, and all the buildings, and oh stuff my like that. God, uh. Yeah, so I was very, very like, encouraged to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I I've just always knew I would do art. I've really ne- never done anything else. I mean, I've I've dabbled around in jobs, but not really. I was like a, I think I was a, te- I was a teacher for nine months, uh, like a private school teacher. Mm-hmm. Art teacher. Yeah, and the principal was like, so next year, what's the plan? I'm like, I, she's like, do you want to come back? I'm like, I don't think so. And she's like, okay, I was going to ask you to come back. So, um, but I, I love teaching kids, you know, I, yeah. if someone asks me, I'll do it as like a community service or anything. I'm always available. For
0: did like you that. teach in the library as well? Because you, you mentioned you did a residency
2: in the library, Yeah. Right? Uh, a few years ago, a good friend of mine, Oscar Fuentes, uh, approached me and says, hey, I would love to Give you a residency at the Miami Dade Public Library in downtown, and uh, he's like, we really don't have that sort of thing right now. So he really, we really, he really made it happen, guerrilla style. He jumped through a few hoops and made it happen. And I, I used the upstairs. It was like an upstairs empty room, gigantic, and I made work there for about two months. And he was. You had
0: that whole space upstairs. The
2: whole space to myself. Kind of felt like I was in The Shining because it was very. Oh my god. It was very uh, It's not publicly public accessible, characters, that space, right? Hallways. Uh There was no, no, no. So if I wanted guests to come, they kind of had to go through the office and they had to, Oscar had to bring them up. Yeah. And uh, the library would close around like 5, 5.30 and I would have to leave when the library closes. Mm-hmm. It, so that was kind of some of the challenges I faced. Um, sometimes I would only have like three hours to paint because Oscar, if he's not around, I couldn't be there, so it was challenging. But we made it happen. But it was very rewarding because Oscar told me, like before me, the last person that had that much access to the library was Purvis Young. <laughs> so it was <laughs> like wow. Purvis Young, and then me. As far as like being at the, the library, getting using that the space, ma- using the materials. Mm-hmm. Like I was using paint that was maybe like 10, 15 years old. I mean, it was, it, it was definitely. Uh, they had cool paint effort. there. Yeah, they had paint there. Yeah, they had all types of, they had canvases. Uh, one of the one of the people that worked at the library brought the canvas from the 70s that he had from, like, I think he went to Pratt or something. He's like, oh, I never used this again. It was a big roll of canvas, and I used it. So everybody was like... Supportive. Yeah, like, it was like a were, potluck of bringing me materials. They
0: were excited to have you. Yeah, it was
2: very, very. It was exciting. It was exciting. So, I was there for about two months, and we had the art show. It the art show ran show. for a few months. Yeah. I got you to were. See you that. did something downstairs. I was, got
1: to see that. No, it was upstairs. It was underneath the Ed Ruscha painting that says here. But I saw your show, and I was like, Oh, Kiki Val does. And that was like that was like three years ago now.
2: Yeah, three. Time flies, though. Oh yeah, in a
1: blank. <laughs> so and that that the shows in
0: the library are usually downstairs where you cover you have the entrance on the both. left I wall, had upstairs
2: right? Upstairs and downstairs. You
1: had upstairs and downstairs. Did you have that the gallery auditorium?
2: No, no. Um, uh,
1: There's three spaces almost. There's like the gallery.
2: Pablo's auditorium. mom. Yeah,
1: Pablo's mom was down there. Yeah. Yeah, Pablo Cano. Kind of. And then the downstairs space. Yeah. Like, so
2: that was really yeah. that was really. Uh, that was exciting. Yeah, And I felt very connected to Miami because you know I went to school down the street and it was just nice to... It was your neighborhood. Yeah, it was my right? neighborhood, yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, yeah. it was kind of like a, a very nice homecoming.
0: I love that library. Are you a library kid too? Like, did you spend a lot of time in the library growing up or
2: was it? Actually, my first dog I got at the library. <laughs> Not that one, um, but I was at the library and there was a dog and they were gonna like call the pound and we took in the dog, Lucy.
1: Aww. Forever in my heart. Yeah. Oh that's cute.
2: my gosh. I like
0: the name Lucy. And uh, then you also were like loosely involved with Project Art, right? Because I remember yeah, you yeah. were like uh, in that in that fair that we did for yeah. Project Art. Yeah.
2: Adarsh, um, I went to school with Adarsh. At Micah? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's. And uh, yeah. he. So just for our he, listeners, Adarsh Alphons. Yeah. Is the founder of Project Art. And Project Art is an initiative that uh, offers free art classes to kids Mm -hmm. in public libraries. Yeah. And the artists are also able to use the library as a studio space, somewhat studio space, and teach classes.
2: Well, the program I did with Oscar wasn't the same That was
0: before Project Art.
2: This was different. I mean, Project Art's been around. I Actually, I was living in New Jersey. Uh, I lived in Jersey from like 2010 to 2015. Mm -hmm. They're right outside of New York. And uh, when I was living up there, Adarsh reached out to me and was like, hey, I have a little school in the Bronx. Could you come teach a class? And I came and that's kind of how the relationship started. And I was on the junior board and things like that. And uh, just help out anything I, I never did the residency or anything but
0: but Utah classes in one of the libraries there or did he have like a, a
2: uh, at school? the time he didn't have a library he had one of the he had like a little school he had mm-hmm. classrooms yeah this was like in the inception of the whole thing it was very early on totally
1: and before it even got here my friend's like oh if you want to you come back she's true, like right? there's this program I'm like we don't have that in Miami yet and then you apply your platform I was like oh it, it was the arrived. first it was the yeah. first
0: full year yeah him and I were talking for a long time year. I love you
2: know him and I we used to talk, and I would say, "Oh, you got to bring this to Miami." and yeah. It happened.
0: Yeah. yeah. There you go. So. And it, it's it's really exciting to uh, exciting to have that here in Miami you now. It's a mm-hmm. good good opportunity for a lot of artists to, to get into teaching, you know, and get some get some studio space, yeah, and have an exhibition, and yeah. Yeah,
2: it's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. Miami's definitely grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, are you from here? No, no yeah, I'm, from, I'm from Austria. Yeah, you're from you're from here.
1: I got here when I was three. Oh wow. Well. So I'm kind of like a half generation. You're a first yeah. generation. But it's at least really it's from Panama. Yeah, I was born in Panama. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I was born here, but when I was one, we lived in Jersey. Oh. And then when I was seven, we moved back here. And then when I was 18, 19, I moved to Baltimore for mm-hmm. school. And then uh, in 2010, I moved up there, like right outside of New York. Jersey. And mm-hmm. then I've been back now for like three years to my end. Oh, only three years? Yeah. So I'm like a total Miami kid, but I've yeah you know, I've not, been away. Yeah, been away and yeah. I always bad. I always come back.
0: What was your decision to come back? To, like, what what influenced your decision to come back to Miami? Um, yeah,
2: why
1: well, come back home?
2: Uh-huh. Uh, several factors. I had some personal affairs I needed to take care of, mm-hmm. and I realized in the grand scheme of things, I had to take care of whatever I had to take care of here. Um, And uh, that was pretty much it. At the time, I I wasn't happy about it, Um, but it ended up being for the better. Mm -hmm. I was over there for five years. I met everybody I needed to meet, as far as like anybody in the art world. I met so many people over there and and learned so much, took in so much of the art there, and Mm -hmm. and um, really got a real sense of the lifestyle and and how things operate there and and. uh, to be honest with you, I don't miss New York. I miss the art world in New York. I miss all the activity going on. Um, it's it's such a beautiful thing. Uh, that's what I really miss. Mm-hmm. But I love Miami, and there's so many other things that I love about Miami, not just the art, but I love just the city itself. It's where I'm from, and mm-hmm. it feels like I feel like I'm home. Mm-hmm. Although up there, I, I went last year, I went up there for like a week, and it felt. It didn't feel like a vacation. It felt like going to another Make neighborhood. Like a second home, or something. yeah, yeah. It, did. I, it was. It was quite strange in that sense, where I went and it. It just felt like I was in a different neighborhood. I, I didn't feel. Like. I was visiting somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was. It was. Uh, it was very revealing. I guess when you live somewhere for five years, it kind of has that effect.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there anywhere else you intend on living in the future or <laughs> you're like Miami's where it's
2: at uh, right now? Well, you never know. Um, yeah, I'll probably live somewhere else. I don't know where, but, yeah.
1: But the
0: cowboy house. do to you Do you feel like, and we usually don't ask that question that way, but do you feel like Miami is offering you what you need for your career as an artist?
2: Uh, is it offer? No. It's, I, I don't... Think in the sense that Miami offers me anything. It's what I offer. Like, I don't know if this. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Like, I don't.
0: Like, do you have in Miami what you need for your career? Do you feel like yeah, that's that's like where it's it's a place where you can evolve, or where we can grow, where yeah, you can like follow absolutely. your dreams.
2: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit more Wild West. I think people. I think the general population of Miami, their their visual vocabulary is not that high, Mm -hmm. but I I think in the whole population of the world, I mean, it's pretty low anyway. So um, that's a little frustrating at times, but I mean, it just comes with the territory. It's art, like yeah, you know, like we're we're pretty much playing around all day and making things, and
0: we're kind of outsiders in that way, right? (laughs) So,
2: um, but it's definitely it's been growing a lot. Um, I think, Miami, you kind of have to dig under the surface a little, and then it can provide for you what you want, mm-hmm. but it's really for the, t- the taking. It's what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people have a tendency to ha- have a lot of, like, ang- angst where they live, like, mm-hmm. oh, this place sucks or whatever, and that's just not here. People do that everywhere, but I think if you kind of go underneath the surface and make the most of it. I think Miami is a fantastic place. There's so much here. There's so many people here in and out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a port city, you have people in and out all the time. And, and that truly makes it a global city. Mm-hmm. So just by the people you meet and the, the cultures you're exposed to and really what you make of it, I think contributes to the art, mm-hmm. um, to anyone's art.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it definitely contributes to mine.
1: I, don't, I was curious to ask. Um, I, feel, I see a lot of different, like, nods in your work. Who are some of, like, your favorite, considering you went to art school, like, basically after sixth grade and all through your life, um, who are some of the artists you really looked up to and influenced um, your style or um, things you were interested in as a painter?
2: That's a lot. I like, um, like, a lot of the modern artists. I love modern art. Um, so... Everybody from Matisse, Max Beckman, Picasso, um, who else are uh, others that I really like? There's so many. Uh, I like, yeah, I like de Kooning. Um, I always, I, this is such a, always such a weird question because it's like, I'm always looking at stuff and I'm always kind yeah. of-
1: Absorbing new information,
2: yeah. yeah but uh
1: you always have your classics like people that you like like me oh who do you like oh obviously Judd obsessed you know yeah. Jenny Holter obsessed you Barbara Kruger obsessed you are I have no idea what and looking at your environment and how you install an artwork and being aware of space and lighting hell yeah girl I love everything that. makes so much sense now there you go anyways kiki. <laughs> yeah I
2: man I like I like you know Caraggio mm-hmm. he's a good one um, I mean I, I don't know the dark it's, and light
1: yeah
2: I like as far as contemporary art there's a bunch of people I follow on Instagram that I like. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking. I, lo- I love, as far as like, comic book art, I love Jack Davis. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you look at Jack Davis, maybe you'll see something there that's kind of... Which comics did he do? He did Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine. Yeah, and yeah, and like old like Western comics. And oh. he did uh, Tales from the Crypt comic book. Oh my God. That was from the 19... I think it ran from like 1950. 52 to like 1958 or something like that.
0: What's your favorite comic book? Uh... That's a good one. Favorite comic book? I would probably not know it,
2: but... (laughs) Yeah, probably like yeah, those nineteen fifties. Like the old. Classics. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy uh-huh. those. The thing is, I'm not, I'm not like the biggest comic book reader. I'm more of a fan of the comic book art. You know? The illustration. Yeah, I just like looking at it. Like
1: the Dick Tracy type, like.
2: Yeah, I love all Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you cool.
0: ever made comics, comic books yourself? I,
2: I started one earlier this year, but it was. I feel like I still need to learn more.
0: About the illustration, yeah.
2: or. Yeah, because it's like. You need a lot of control, and I'm not, I don't know if you noticed, I'm not very, like... Controlled? Yeah, I'm very loose, and I just, like... So, there's definitely a sense of control, which I thought the fact that I'm so loose in my work, I feel like I could do something that adds some sort of value in in making, like, a comic strip. Um, But I'm still playing with it. I I would like to... Um, I've been talking with Dalazine and possibly doing something, but okay. I don't know, we'll see.
0: Do you have like ideas about um, the writing as well, or would you collaborate with a writer?
2: I'd probably have to collaborate with a writer. Maybe I could write something myself. I could write something. Uh-huh. I have a lot of ideas.
0: I figured, I figured.
2: Yeah. They just need there to be focused. There has to be a
0: cowboy in that
1: Car- I, I think so Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe.
2: Potentially. A Cuban
1: cowboy. Or a plaid. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to know in terms of, like, choice of dimension. Because, I mean, the paintings you had in the gallery at the museum, both on the first and second floor, they were really large. And yeah. then I, I've been following your post recently on Instagram, and it's like... Um, like smaller, somewhat petite. I'm guessing, or is it because there's studies versus final products? Do you shift from one to the other once you finalize that um, idea? Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think it has a lot of reasons. Like, I don't think I should just make a big work just because, you know, it's like, it's not like a, I, I always feel like I have to resolve certain things before I make a bigger work. So, yeah, it's more convenient. It's easier to make something small, easier to put away. You know, I'm 37. I mean, I've been doing this for a while, and, you know, as people do by art, but you do have, you know, I'm pretty much a storage facility. I have like three, four places where I have my stuff stored. Like, so after a while, you have to think of what you you know, you have to think ahead. And I wanna make a lot of these works, but I have to work small. I can't make, you know, 50, 60 giant canvases. You know, that just does, doesn't call for it right now, so.
1: Where to put them, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: so, I mean, I, I, I always think about stuff like that. And that's definitely, has to do with my decision-making no, of sense. the work.
1: No, even the ones that you have been making that are smaller, they kinda of sorta of look like snapshots, like, of, like, moments that you've captured. And so I'm curious, mentioning you're like, oh, I I don't control myself and like the comic book and the strip, like I could see you cropping those.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm thinking out scenes more now Mm -hmm. before I get started. Before I was more spontaneous, very-
1: uh, More fluid, yeah.
2: Very, I guess, abstract expression is how I would approach things not really thought out, just kind of go into it um, very subconsciously. I still do it, but with a little bit more restraint and thinking more or less about the composition and, and uh, working more on the idea I have in my head. And I never used to work like that. I would just kind of throw on it and if I start with an image of let's say the Googie sign and I'll eventually paint over it and won't even have any of it. Where now, if I start with a basic idea, I try to hammer it through and keep it within the, the final product. So I'm much more dedicated to having my original idea and coming through with that. And I give myself a timeline. A lot of those works, I work like a day on them. I don't, I don't try to longer than a day. I, I, I don't try to dedicate like a, like two weeks to you know, watercolor. There's
1: an immediacy to it, which I think goes out somehow in the language of like comic book and illustration making, which there's mm-hmm. an immediacy to it, and there's like a quickness. It's not just something that took necessarily hours, but you know. Yeah. Time frame. hmm. Yeah. Maria has one last question for you. It's
2: been 15 minutes.
1: Right? Whoa. I
2: feel like so we've only scratched the surface. We didn't, we didn't get into like deep philosophical <laughs> numbers.
1: Thought, well, you still have your last hours. question to answer. Wait, right. wait. Right, right? right. It should be <laughs> two hours. It's all the time. You've been sitting in a
0: magical rocking chair and it grants you three wishes. You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. That's
1: true.
0: So, what are your three wishes?
2: My three wishes. That's a hard one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, three wishes. Uh,
1: Time to get philosophical.
2: <laughs> um,
1: I love how people will always get stumped on this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, It's the
1: hardest question we ask. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: I would say my three wishes. Um, I I would say to always make art the way I want to. Mm -hmm. Um, That's valid, that's a good one. uh, Second, um, everyone to be nice to each other. (laughs) Kindness. Uh, kindness. We really need that right now. Well, people, you know, I, I, I don't want to dictate how other people are. But just a sense of kindness. Yeah. Be an asshole to a certain exp- ex- you know extent, but for the most part, be kind to yeah. each other. And I would say third, um, I guess like when I'm old, never having to use like Viagra or anything like that. Good That's probably you.
1: so help. <laughs> Third one is yeah, health. health. First yeah. one is art, second one is kindness, and third one is health.
0: I well, love how you've rephrased that, so. so uh,
2: <laughs> I mean, but I, I think mine's are pretty basic. I think yeah, people I mean, usually have the same. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, well, well, they're, they're specific and basic in one thing. I mean, they're basic human needs, right? Totally. But they're also very specific because you're, they're your wishes, you know, in that, in yeah. that sense.
2: I mean I know I have more but Yeah, wishes, you only get 3. Only, only three. Get 3.
1: Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us Of course. Kiki. We course. look forward seriously to see the next body of work whether it takes form in a comic book strip, a film,
2: short film. You could definitely film, see or re- yeah. ideas of it on my Instagram. On the Instagram. I'm always right? posting on my Instagram. We're going yeah. yeah. What's your to handle
0: on Instagram?
2: Know. Just uh, Kiki Valdez. But uh, V-A-L-D-E-S, not a Z. People confuse No, we, confuse we, it. we wrote
1: okay. it with an S. Um, we're also going to link your website to ours on Rocking
2: Church Yeah, which are, I'm updating my website right now. Okay. So okay. I'm a little behind. Right now, That's as far okay. as the work, it's around 2014, 15.
0: okay. okay. All righty, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening in again. And we'll see you all next week. We're going to be back with a new session next week. Bye, guys. Bye, Thank y'all. you, Kiki. No problem. Bye. Thank you. Bye.